Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. For Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. You're stuck with me for quite a bit longer. Those are the words of Lewis Hamilton from an interview that we did with him recently that was vulnerable, that was open, honest. Talked more about the problems that Mercedes and he personally have faced over the last 12 months than I've ever read before. So today... We're going to dig into that. It's the headline on the front cover of this week's Autosport magazine as well. Now, listeners who are subscribers will have had that through their letterbox yesterday or today. I'm pretty sure many people who just pick up the magazine as and when, if you walk past the magazine racks and you'll see a big picture of Lewis, that's the interview that we're talking about today. He opens up a very rare open interview about the challenges and even his Formula One future. On the podcast today, we'll find out where and when it happened and who from Autosport did that interview, why he hasn't had enough of Formula One yet, and why now was the time to do this interview with journalists. Let's get up to speed with Autosport's Matt Q. Matt, welcome back to the podcast. Uh, We're recording this just before a busy Brazil weekend. Um, But that's not you done for travelling, right? You're going to be travelling next weekend. 
Yeah, straight to Abu Dhabi. So um, it's a it's a good run now. A couple of races to finish the season. Then what we've got, we've got season reviews, top 50 drivers to write, a couple of sort of, um, you know, debriefs on, on how the season went well or badly for some some teams and drivers and then even looking forward to uh, 2023 all before Christmas. So busy yeah. time of it, but but looking forward to it. I mean, this is the first time in a number of years I've covered like uh, in inverted commas, a conventional championship. I've been on Formula E for the past few years and that runs obviously from the winter until sort of mid-summer. Whereas now the Formula One kind of fits into the calendar year. It's made me realise how terrifyingly fast 2022 has gone. I'm sure for as long as I cover it, my years are going to flash by, but there you go. And so let's talk a little bit about that front cover then of Autosport magazine and uh, get into it um, with you. You've been in the Formula One paddock this year. You will be next weekend um, as we wave goodbye to um, 2022. Where was that interview conducted? What was the setting? It wasn't me that represented Autosport in the interview. It was our much more respected in the paddock colleague, John (laughs) Noble, which is why he got some great answers from Lewis. And it was conducted in the United States, Austin, Despite the explosion of social media, tabloid <laughs> press, whatever, it was uh, it was a real like nitty gritty nerdy motorsport press that that got that big scoop. Well, I'll begin with some lazy characterization, and you can feel free to shoot me down. Lewis Hamilton doesn't waste his words, so when he speaks, it's often to the point. But at times, he can come across in the written word, if you just read what he says, as lofty. Over the years, that didn't necessarily help some fans bond with him. In an era when the soundbite rules, you just print a quick quote on a website or something that he's said. Fans often like celebrities because on social media they're almost one of us or you follow their journey through their highs and lows. And there was Lewis in recording studios on, on his private jet, which of course has now gone. But how do you think he is in terms of this interview and in terms of how he's opening up now that he's not the current world champion and that he's not even defending a title anymore, that Max is a, is a double world champion. It's rare for Hamilton to be sort of totally this accessible and exposed. Uh, you know, this is not to downplay any driver's intellect or whatever, but this isn't a TV interview potentially where where you have to send the press officer the questions in advance so their driver can be prepped. This was Hamilton leaving himself vulnerable, sort of come what may. And also I think... Hamilton isn't a Lando Norris that live streams racing exports or his gaming exports, whatever, forgive me, I'm a bit um, naive to that sort of thing. He's not doing too many TV interviews. He's not on Question of Sport. He's not on TikTok and I'm only 26, but I'm making myself sound old by <laughs> my inability to grasp these concepts. But what I'm saying, he's quite inaccessible. So to get those, you know, that half hour, 45 minute period where, you know, he's he's speaking directly to the press no ulterior motive, no book to plug. I think it's a really rare opportunity and, and it's a really introspective interview, actually. Like you say, Hamilton isn't always that forthcoming and he's known longer than most people that to get the best out of himself, he needs to be not doing F1 things when he doesn't have to. So, you know, we'll go into it a bit more that, yes, he has spent a hell of a lot more time at Brackley this season because Mercedes has been struggling. During the winter, you're right, he's in a recording studio. Between races even, he's, you know, touring the Grand Canyon or, or at, you know, hiring a table at the uh, at the New York Fashion Week. The Met Gala, that's the one I was looking for. He's he's mm. there. He's not pounding around in a simulator. He's not doing all the all the press guff really. You know, and another another bit that listeners might not know is that I wouldn't say he's not forthcoming, but certainly it's rare to get him this candid, I suppose. 
Interesting. Well, he opened up in a way that I've not heard actually in a long time. And one of those things that he talked about now, it's the end of the season. Now that we know that, you know, between him and George Russell are going to finish fourth and fifth in what order we don't know, that Mercedes are, are probably a little far behind Ferrari unless Ferrari do a sort of a DNF implosion in the last two races. It'll probably finish the way it is. And I think that for the first time, Lewis Hamilton opened up in a way that I've never heard him do about the car and the struggles. And, you know, we all saw at the second test, we all saw like, whoa, look at those side pods. This is going to be, uh, I presumed they've just discovered something nobody else has. It's going to be brutally fast. And then, of course, the results were kind of okay at the beginning of the year, despite the car, um, for reasons of Red Bull, DNFs and things like that. And so circumstance favoured them. But he really opens up in this interview about how the car wasn't good enough. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, well, I think... Hamilton is included in this, but when everyone rocked up to pre-season testing and you just sort of took for granted that, all right, what we'll do is we'll watch the Merck go around this corner and we'll see how that looks. And then that's a benchmark. And then if the Red Bull looks better than that, then they've got a brilliant car. And if the, you know, if the Alfa Romeo looks worse than that, they've got a, you know, a not so good car. And obviously that is how it played out eventually in terms of competitive order. But, you know, if, if, I think it was obvious that Barcelona something was fundamentally wrong. You know, everyone was apart from sort of McLaren or you know uh, was was suffering really from this porpoising phenomenon that came. But Mercedes was was so extreme, and then it's actually now we have been sort of looking at season review stuff. You think about how the season was going. So there was um, in the Spanish Grand Prix, famously Leclerc's engine blows, Verstappen spins and wins. Uh, but Hamilton has that first up collision with Kevin Magnussen is coming back through the grid showing good pace and Toto Wolff is talking about then ah another day we win this race and you think we wind on what what are we 15 rounds later yeah. and it's only in the past couple of Grand Prix that they've got themselves into a cha- uh, position to potentially challenge for a victory in the United States and Mexico that says how badly things have gone wrong and as you say Hamilton uh, you know he obviously he's not an unappreciative guy you don't it's not it's not a coincidence or a fluke that Mercedes have won eight constructors championships in a row and, and you, you appreciate the work they've done. But he says he has changed his role for this year. He's had to become a better teammate, not strictly where George Russell's concerned, but a part of this sort of wider organisation. So that does mean more visits to Brackley, partly so he can be in more debriefs to understand what's going on. But I expect and he doesn't say this, but I expect there's that sort of intangible element of you're working in the design department or whatever, and you see Lewis Hamilton work through the office like, right, he's he's in with us. You know, we know what this is all about. And he's a bit more, He, you know, it's harsh to call him detached, but you you know what it's like, mm. I suppose, Martin, even even when we're in the Richmond office and, you know, we, it, it's always good to see our colleagues and stuff because you realise what we're doing it for because it's easy to get lost when everyone's travelling and everyone's behind a screen or whatever. It sort of galvanises you a bit. So I think having Lewis Hamilton there... You know, it's, it's been a two-way street. He's realised that the hour's going in. He, he talks about in the interview, and I don't want to regurgitate it because obviously you should go and spend your hard-earned money and buy the uh, <laughs> buy the interview or read it online, is that, um, you know, he says, well, guys, have you taken a break? Because I saw you at the track, you know, last night, and I've had a lie-in or whatever, potentially, but you've been here, they mm. tell me, since 6am. Are you okay? Have you had... But that's... So I think that's that two-way street of appreciation. And also the understanding that, yeah, they're the best minds in the business, but they don't always get it right. And that reveals the extent of how how badly, really, the W13 went. There's not only did it come out of the box badly, but they're getting upgrades. And not only is it 
when it's projecting, oh, the, the world of data is telling us we're going to get three tenths a lap from this upgrade. Not only does it then make them a tenth of a lap slower, but it hasn't cured the basic porpoising problem that they're trying to get around in the first place. So I think, you know, the Mercedes crew, they got a nice bonus, each and every one of them for, for winning the Constructors' Championship last year. But they all felt, you know, aggrieved by the rules. They all felt aggrieved that their, their guy, Hamilton, didn't win it. So to go through that strain then you know if you're paying any attention to social media the toxicity that came after Abu Dhabi and then find that at this new era your car's not naff but needs so much work done the the mental and physical strain is enormous that's a really good a really good point to take a pause we'll come back and talk about his teammate battles over the years and particularly this year and how he talks very openly about adversity in this autosport interview stick around Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, welcome back to the podcast. Um, we're here with Matt Q talking about uh, the front cover of this week's Autosport magazine and also online. Uh, a very open and honest interview with Lewis Hamilton, much more than I've ever read in a very, very long time. And uh, that's why I wanted to get you on the show to, to discuss more about it. Earlier in the year, George Russell was outscoring him, which led to a lot of external people saying that Lewis was getting slow, that he couldn't win unless it was in a, a great car. You touched on it as the year went on, as you were learning more about it on the, the, the Sunday night podcasts we do, Matt. But um, he, he talks very openly in this interview about what was really happening in the background there, about welcoming George into the team and not wanting to put George in a position of having to go toe-to-toe with engineers that he doesn't have a relationship with, whereas Lewis can be very frank with someone like Andrew Shovelin because they've got that those years and years of bond and trust. And if they don't see eye to eye, you know, you can have an argument or have a disagreement or a fallout over something. And then at the end of the day, right, close the book, walk out of that debrief room and you're still good mates. How does he talk about how George came into the team and, and then how Lewis really had to take one for the team in terms of all that heat that he took of driving a slower car? But what was really happening in the background? Yeah, I think, you know, it's something that everyone really has to hold their hands up and say there was certainly a narrative uh, towards the start of the season when Russell, I think he made it to the British Grand Prix and that first lap shunt with uh, Joe until he didn't record a top five finish. A massive run of consistency in the early part of the season. Hamilton wasn't doing that. And there was this narrative and uh, that, you know, I think it was Jackie Stewart saying, so Jackie Stewart saying in the press that he should retire. Now, I firmly believe those quotes were taken out of context and why mm. a mainstream publication is calling up, uh, you know, an oxygenarian and asking him, putting him in a corner and asking him about Hamilton, I don't think is entirely fair. So I take those with a pinch of salt. But there was certainly a narrative that 
Not that Hamilton had lost it, but God, Russell's good and, you know, student has become the master already. But, you know, Hamilton's obvious goal is the eighth world title. And it's pretty, it was pretty apparent fairly early on that this car in this guise against Red Bull and, and even Ferrari at that point wasn't going to give it to him. So then as you take a step back and you look at the bigger picture, and it's like, right, how do we get there? Because I want this eight title definitively number one in the record books. And that is to improve the car as much as possible. And so there, Hamilton recognised his teammate is, you know, comparatively inexperienced in F1 and obviously brand new at the team. So it goes, right, I've got 16 years worth of experience in F1. I can troubleshoot this car. And as you say, I can have the arguments, constructive arguments with the engineers. If you think at Max Verstappen, how many times does he get, you know, so irate with his race engineer, jean and then, uh, jean sorry, when people go, oh, Max, you sounded really angry. He says, no, no, that's just a working relationship we have. We have that mutual respect. I know that I can vent and then, and then get on with the job and it's all smiles and hugs after. And that's, that's what Hamilton has been able to establish as well. He's much more comfortable. You know, you think about Toto Wolff and him, next season, it will be their 10th anniversary of working together in the same team. And that rapport, that relationship allows you to be hot-headed or take people to task and that's not to say that Andrew Shovlin or Mike Elliott or whoever the, the crack designers have been neglectful but Hamilton's able to go in depth with them I suppose and be a bit more bullish and again just by virtue of having that experience and 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 Russell being new it's Hamilton that's gone right we've got porpoising because the back end is jumping up and down and that's because either the arrow's attaching or stalling or it's a ride height so in FP1 you set me as high as I can go and I'll manage that. I will not bin this car in a cost cap era. I will not damage it, whatever. And then in the next session, we'll run it slammed into the ground and then we'll have the two extremes and see where we go from that. And, you know, it might it might drive the exact opposite to what I want, but, you know, there's good faith that I won't crash it. And, that, and that's what he's done. And it's not to say George Russell isn't capable of that, but 16 seasons of experience. Hamilton brings that, that vast skill set, that vast knowledge. And so... He has said in, in subsequent interviews that second place in the constructors, good for the team, third or fourth in the championship. To be honest, I don't really care. So that's fine. If he's admitting that, that's fine. And that, that tallies with what we've seen. As soon as that eighth world title or regular race wins wasn't accessible, then he'll take the hit. And that that's fine. And I think in the long run, it'll, you know, okay, he did suffer with that narrative of everyone saying George Russell is better, but it will help that working relationship. And that means that when the team, maybe next season, the season after, in a position with a stronger car to fight for world titles. That means if Russell's had that bedrock of stability and not chasing radical setups, then he can be the better partner in crime to get Mercedes back winning Constructors' Championships and then and then they'll talk the drivers' titles out between themselves. Well, of course, Lewis did go on a bit of a social media silence, uh, as I think many people probably should do, actually, occasionally over Christmas and New Year. Um, and that made lots of people question... Is he leaving the sport? Is he going away? As he as he points out in this interview, he was with his family. And in the past, he would have, as you said at the beginning, gone away and done, you know, so-called showbiz things on, you know, for an Instagram picture or a picture of his big red jet. And and this time he talks about how he was building snowmen with his nieces and nephews. And, and again, in this interview, he really opens up in a way that... I, I haven't seen it in, in a long time, and it, it was so lovely to read. It reminds you uh, that these guys are human and that sometimes I think we forget that over the years with the, the dominance, for instance, in the Sebastian Vettel era and would do anything to win. Multi-21, he was a winning machine. And 
as time goes on, he, you know, what, you know, say to Sebastian Vettel, why are you leaving Formula One? He's like, I'm a, I'm a dad. I just want to be with my family. And it, it reminds you that these idols we have are, are human, but they don't talk about that at the time. Let's talk about his future though, because he does talk about this in, in the interview. How is Lewis now talking about his future? He's absolutely going to stick around. So on the eve of the Bahrain race, Max Verstappen signed his mega deal with Red Bull until 2028. And it was put to Hamilton that, you know, you'll be in your mid-40s by then. And he said, absolutely not, not sticking around. uh, It's not sticking around for that long. No plans, bye-bye sort of thing. And then we got to Monza and, you know, it's now looking like Daniel Ricciardo has been paid out of his contract. He's not going to go to Haas. He's not going to go to Williams but he might take a Mercedes third driver role. And it was probably unrealistic even then, but the the, the logical chain of events to suppose was that, right, Hamilton's contract's up at the end of 2023. Maybe Ricardo gets that drive for a year and relaunches his career. And then Hamilton's stances softened and said, nope, I feel fitter and stronger than ever. Sorry, Daniel, but you're not having my job. And now he's talking about, you know, obviously, obviously Mercedes are going to want to keep him and, and set, and, and renew talks but he's talking you know regardless of what they think he said no I'm at, I'm at the negotiating table now over the winter we'll get something else done which is one is, is really nice to hear but it's also a bold call I think because you see the extent of Mercedes problems in 2022 and how far they are behind Red Bull sorry to play down next year as well but I don't think that is ga- a gap that one winter resolves entirely so Hamilton's already committing his futures before seeing how 2023 transpires. You know, it, it might be a more conservative with a small C, but more logical to wait until, let's say, round eight of next season to see what's the deficit now. Is is Mercedes, have we at least gained two tenths on Red Bull? Are we going in the right direction? But for Hamilton to come out so emphatically and say, I'm sticking around is, is you know, is massive actually. Well, he says it as repaying faith in in Mercedes for when they stuck with him through you know some some rubbish that was printed in the press and him getting expelled at school. I would argue that eight constructors' titles and seven or what's he got six drivers' titles with them is probably already repaid that faith. The wider the wider point, I think, and this is this is very difficult to access, but it's something I you know I think with you have to ask it of Sebastian Vettel as well and and Lewis Hamilton is. When they are such sort of figureheads, you know, so with Vettel, it's advocate, uh, obviously, against uh, the climate crisis. With Hamilton, it's uh, better representation and diversity. They have that platform, F1. Vettel, Vettel is a hero, but I think when he retires, it'll be a lot harder for him to get his message out, depending on, depending on how he does, because he'll lose a certain proportion of his audience. And while Hamilton, I'm absolutely convinced, can go and make a deal, you know, a, a a proper go of it with, you know, what's he recently invested in the Denver Broncos and he has other business interests and that I'm sure can be his full-time job and he would get immense pleasure from that and be successful at them. I think where he is now, still motivated by that at the world title, still feeling he's at his peak, loving, so he says, F1, although I imagine that's driving a car rather than the politicking going on at the minute. He can still do that while being the figurehead for, you know, diversity and inclusion, while... Um, supporting the Mercedes uh, initiatives uh, to diversify their workforce. He can do that all while he's still racing at the front of F1. So I think when you have that platform, and yes, he has a bigger social media following, so he quits F1 and still has the followers, the money, the opportunity, the recognition, the fame to go and achieve anything outside. I think for now, while he's at his peak, he's not doing a Ronaldo and, and 
slumping quite visibly, he he would know that now is probably not his time to go. I think he can achieve everything he wants to and race in F1, if, if that makes sense, Martin. It's not, he's not picking between. I think he can do it all, which is why he's come out so, so emphatically. Let me f- ask one final question. Why is having Lewis Hamilton around good for the actual sport of Formula One? Well, you've got the main headlines that it keeps its seven-time world champion and the most decorated guy and, and also the person with the biggest, and I've already mentioned it in his podcast, but the biggest following on social media. So there's that big audience. There's also, it's great to have a, a such a high-profile black sports person and, and that is good for F1 as well, how, how they interact with with Hamilton and, and, and provoke, uh, you know, without, without Hamilton, there's no way F1 would be quite so visible with its own um, diversity and inclusion programs. And also I think there's a bigger narrative and I don't just mean that because he's working on a film with Brad Pitt or, or Netflix, but if Mercedes does get it right and there is a sequel to 2021 where Verstappen and Hamilton are going together, that is a story that we all want to see. And so have, having Hamilton, it, it wouldn't be the same if it's sort of Russell picking up the baton to take down Verstappen. If it's Hamilton, then that is absolutely blockbuster. And it's, you know, a, uh, a good endorsement of where F1 is at, that Hamilton wants to stay, wants to keep on racing and believes that the platform is now big enough and attractive enough that he can achieve everything he wants to do by basically sticking to his day job. I think it makes him more powerful in terms of all those things that you just talked about. He is such an idol to young people who think that, well, maybe this is my lot in life and they realise they can, you know, they can do uh, a lot more. Well, look, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Really, really fascinating insight into uh, what is, again, also a brilliant interview. So great, great, uh, great. We can expand, uh, expand on that. So you're not in, not in Brazil, but you're going to be heading off to, to Abu Dhabi. Are you getting uh, driver's duties in the hire car over there? Absolutely. So uh, <laughs> good. I like think, to hear it. Yeah, I think it's an hour's drive from Dubai Airport to uh, to Yas Marina. So sorry to my parents and colleagues, but let's have it done in forty five minutes. I think that's the aim. Uh, yeah, and uh, I know that has that has seat is still undecided. So I've got a final attempt to sort of throw my hat in the ring. I think you stand a good chance, my friend. Is that a good chance? Uh, we'll miss you next year, uh, but we'll still see you on the grid. Hey, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Uh, we look forward to more Formula One this weekend. Join us for uh, qualifying and post-race pods on Sunday at, uh, at the slightly more usual time, actually, because of the time difference. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. The Just Because deal. 
Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. You don't need a reason when the one and only hot and melty sausage McMuffin with egg is just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.